0: It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable, and I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Hello, my friends. I am so excited. It has been a while since we've had a guest on the podcast, actually, and I need to get myself in gear and bring more more guests on the podcast But I'm really excited to introduce you to Brooke Simonson. She is going to share more about her, but today I'm really excited because we're talking all about weight maintenance strategies. So welcome, Brooke. Will you tell us a little bit more about you so everyone knows who you are, why you're here, all of that?
1: Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I've been following your podcast for a while. So it's an honor. It's a treat to be here. Uh, I am Brooke. I did not... I work currently with people who are probably listening to this podcast, people who have been yo-yo dieting, struggling with weight loss, weight maintenance for years, just trying to find a more sustainable approach. That's what I currently do. In my past life, I was actually a high school English teacher for many, many years. And throughout that time, I was in my 20s, and I was going through all of the things that I'm sure your listeners are either going through or have gone through in the past in terms of Exercising a lot, you know, 45 minutes on the elliptical, five to six days a week, if not seven, uh, trying to eat low fat, then trying to eat low carb, then trying to track calories, then trying the juice cleanse. And I mean, I did all the stuff, as a lot of us have. And I was very frustrated, as many of us are when we're doing that, and just overwhelmed. And I felt like I couldn't crack the code, but I really, really wanted to because I I saw people out there walking around that were at a healthy, happy weight and maintaining it seemingly effortlessly. And I thought... There, there is something, there, is, there are people out there that are proving that this is possible. So I think this is possible for me, I just have not figured out how to make that happen yet. So it became this kind of side passion project of mine to dive into nutrition research and energy balance and to just learn for myself how to kind of make this happen for me. And throughout the process, I ended up starting a blog I enrolled in a in coursework that helped me become certified as a nutrition coach. And I say, you know, I was still teaching full time, but in every free period, I was blogging or I had started an Instagram that I was posting on or I was doing my co- coursework for nutrition. And so my passion for teaching English faded and my passion for teaching everything sustainable weight loss nutrition fitness just how to make this more of a lifestyle really grew more and more and i eventually figured it out for myself and i thought okay i've done it now i want to share this with other people my husband and i decided to move across the country we were living in new york city at the time we moved to california and i thought now's now's when i make the choice do i get another job teaching or do i leave my teaching career and just dive into this head first first, and I chose the latter, and I've never looked back. It's the most fulfilling, rewarding career, and I feel as if I'm still teaching and utilizing all of those skills, but now I'm teaching something I'm much more passionate about.
0: That is so fun. I love a real-life case study, right? We talk a lot of, in our community about community about being a detective and I love that you became a detective for your own journey and it led you to really being an advocate right an advocate for others journeys as well so I love hearing that story and also hearing that Brooke is here because she applied the principles she's going to teach us today on her own self and teaches it to other people as well so thank you for sharing that story with us Mm -hmm. okay let's dive in one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today, because Brooke and I are friends outside of podcasts, right? Like we, we, We're we kind of in the same business program and um, it's been fun to see kind of what each other does in their business. Um, but one thing that I was kind of thinking, what could we have Brooke come on and share? And one of the things that I know a lot of women struggle with is the ability to maintain weight, whether Mm -hmm. it be just maintain weight in general without going up and down between diets or maintain weight loss. So I really wanted to cover um, weight maintenance today and help people get to a place of weight maintenance because the key to successful weight loss is actually in your ability to maintain your weight. And we teach we both teach women that is that if you can maintain your weight you can you can step into any f- amount of weight loss as long as you know how to maintain. So that's what I've brought Brooke on to talk to us today about. So let's dive in. Kind of the first question here I want to ask: um, How would you define weight maintenance? Like if someone was like, okay, if that's if that's the most successful thing that I can do or the key to long term weight loss, what does that mean? What does that look like?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say. It's being able to hit a weight that you feel healthiest and happiest at and do the things, you're still gonna be doing the things. And I think that's really important to talk about. The habits I'm doing right now in maintenance don't look completely different from the habits that my clients are doing in weight loss. They may be eating or they will be eating fewer calories to be in a deficit but we're all prioritizing protein. We're all prioritizing produce. We're all working on getting our daily steps. We're all doing some form of more formal exercise, like strength training. We're all sleeping. We're all managing our stress. And so it's when you are kind of dialing in these habits, not to an extreme degree where you're feel like you are living in some restrictive world and you can't eat anything but when you are focusing on your nutrition your sleep your stress management and your movement to some degree but you are able to stay at a weight pretty comfortably you're not feeling like it's incredibly difficult that you're having to go to great lengths to stay at this weight and what i mean by this is We all have an attainable weight that we could hit, and then we have our maintainable weight. And I think it's really important to distinguish between the two. I tell clients, I am currently at about 155. I could weigh 145, but the things I would have to do in my life to hit 145 the sacrifices i would have to make i'm not willing to do and so i think the question at what cost needs to come up in your weight loss and weight maintenance journey possibly the number you set at the outset or maybe you've had this number in your head for years of i used to weigh more like 145 when i was in college but i'm now 38 So that's 20 years later, right? So I know that was a weight that was attainable and maintainable for me back then. If I had that in my head now, as 145 is the weight I need to be, it would be extremely difficult for me to maintain at 38. And so 155 is my happy, healthy weight. My doctors are happy with it. I'm happy with it. I feel like I'm just living my life enjoying the treats and indulgences in moderation. You know, I'm not exercising excessively. I'm not doing anything to the nth degree. And I can really kind of stay at this weight. So I think that's also really important to grasp when you are embarking on a weight loss journey is your attainable weight may be very difficult to maintain. So it's better to find that maintainable weight where you hit it and you can kind of comfortably live your life and be happy and healthy in your skin without doing drastic measures.
0: Yeah. You really answered the question that a lot of women have, do I have to do this forever? And mine and Brooke's answer really is yes. (laughs) You know, but... Like you said, it should fit the lifestyle that you want to live, right? It should it should be that okay, this is the way that I want to show up. This is how I want to exercise. This is how I want to eat. And then I have to be in a place where I am comfortable with the body that matches the habits that I want to have, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, and I think do I have to do this forever? A lot of times when people are asking that, they are in more of a diet cycle. And so I tell my clients, I wouldn't be able to do that diet forever either. I get how it seems crazy if somebody says, you're going to have to do this forever. If you are drastically cutting out carbs, avoiding all sugar, not eating processed foods, if you're doing something extreme, I get in that mindset how you think that that sounds insane of like, I can't, why, how are these women talking about doing this forever? But what we're doing in our lives doesn't look like that. It's very, it's very sustainable. It's I don't feel deprived at all. And I don't feel like it's that hard. After a while, once you get into kind of the groove and the routine of things. Yes, it's still a challenge. I mean, today I literally have on my Google calendar walk at 4pm. Because if I don't schedule into my calendar walks, I don't go on walks. And that's just a fact of life. I love how you talked about being a detective. I think it's really important to kind of notice and be self-aware. I know myself and I have a book I want to finish. I'm going to finish this podcast. I'm going to finish a call and I'm going to want to go straight to the couch and read that book. But walk is in my calendar so that I go on my 45-minute or so walk at the end of the day. And so it's these types of things where you still have to work at it a little bit, I mean, always, but it doesn't feel like the restrictive awfulness of diets in your past. I promise it doesn't.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that, you know, that's a lifestyle that you want to have, right, is is movement. And so you find a way to fit that in. Um, and one of the things that made me so happy was that you brought in this idea of achievable and maintainable weight loss. And I have a podcast about that. So I'm going to put it in the show notes Mm. because that is really important. And we also have, I also did a podcast episode on the cost of getting lean because Mm. there are costs, there are costs associated with health in general, and we have to decide where we're willing, right? There's, there's costs associated with being unwell, right? Or, or I guess unhealthy, quote unhealthy, if that's the word we want to use. And there are costs associated with taking care of your body. And it's, it's about finding that balance for sure. So I'm glad that you brought that in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then let's say someone's here and they're like, okay, I've been in this yo-yo diet stage for a long time. Um, I I'm up and down in weight. I'm having a hard time maintaining it. I have kind of two questions for you then what would you say how do i get to a place of maintenance and is there like a time frame i should be there before i start attempting weight loss again because i want to lose weight but if you're telling me that weight maintenance is the the best scenario for weight loss how do i get there and how do i stay there where what's what do i need to know beforehand
1: I would say, first of all, again, going back to being a detective and noticing and being aware, if you're in a yo-yo, yo-yo diet pattern, I would say you haven't yet figured out the habits that are going to work for you long term. And once you figure those out, you sh- should break out of the yo-yo cycle. So, If you're doing some, I don't know, 75 hard comes to mind. Have have you heard of that? I bring that that up a lot lately. Okay. (laughs) It's kind of a trend right now. Okay. So 75 hard, I don't really even know what it's involved. Somebody was describing it to me the other day. It sounds hard and you do it for, I think, 75 days. It's a lot. But then when you stop that, you probably ease up a little bit. So any success you had from that, you maybe regain some weight or lose some muscle, whatever goes on. And then you try something else. And so if you are in the yo-yo pattern, I would say really pause and realize it's not that that's bad or wrong. You've been really giving it your best effort. You've been trying, but you haven't figured out the sustainable habits yet. So those are really important to figure out. And what are those for you? Because they're going to look different from what Elizabeth does. They're going to look different from what I do. They're going to look different from what, your partner does, or your sister does, the habits that are going to work for you are going to be unique to you. So that's the first step. And then you get to a place where you're probably losing weight at a consistent pace. So let's say you're losing a half pound to a pound per week. Once you've identified these sustainable habits that help you be in the calorie deficit, you need to be in to lose weight. You really have to just tune into your body. So if you hit a plateau, a plateau is defined as usually about three weeks or so when you see no change in the scale or measurements when your habits are dialed in. So this isn't, you know, you go on vacation or you ease up on your nutrition. It's when you're really focusing on the four categories I mentioned earlier, you're really paying attention to your nutrition, your sleep, your stress, your movement. And you've dialed those things in. And let's say after three weeks, no change at all. This is kind of an interesting space. So it could be there is some interesting research. It's kind of tenuous. Abby Langer. Have you followed Abby Langer at all? No. No, okay. She's great (laughs) in the nutrition space, but she has a really interesting article on this that people can go to on set point theory. So there is some research that our bodies are fighting to maintain our certain set point. And she goes into greater detail on this. So she says in this article, it could be that a plateau is just your body trying to readjust and reacclimate. So is it the best thing to push through like really hard through a plateau and just kind of stress your body out more through more calorie deficit, maybe not. So you could really tune into your body at that point and think, you know what, I'm going to just try to maintain and just kind of let my body stay at this new weight for a while. And then in a couple months, I could more pursue weight loss again. That's kind of one way to think about it. It can be tricky. You know, if you're not tracking calories, you know, this gets very complicated in terms of like, what does that even look like if you're tracking calories, if you're not tracking calories in terms of a calorie deficit, but I would say tune into your body. And I wouldn't necessarily just keep pushing and pushing and pushing weight loss. If your body's resisting, maybe it wants to just kind of settle there for a little bit. And then you can pursue more weight loss in the future. And that will probably help you keep it off long term.
0: Yeah. It really is putting your body in a state of healing, right? Because when we're in a deficit, we're we're putting our body in a state of distress. I mean, for lack of a better word, it's controlled starvation. And so, you know, sometimes our body needs a recovery, just like from weightlifting, just like from not sleeping, right? Like we have all these times of life where we need recovery. And so you're kind of mentioning this idea that maintenance is is, is where your body is in a recovery mode, and that is a good place to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maintenance is a huge win. Yeah. I think sometimes clients come to me and they'll be frustrated of, oh, I didn't lose weight at the pace that I did, but maintaining your weight for weeks on end—I mean, that is or months or years—that is a huge win. That is something that the majority of the population is struggling to get to that place of maintenance, and so. I think we celebrate weight loss so much but weight maintenance i think is even tougher than weight loss and should really be what we're celebrating
0: yeah and you said in the middle of all of that you said getting in tune with your body which is music to our ears around here is just learning to listen to the needs of your body and utilizing those cues to do what you need to do, right? To utilize the cues of your bodies for, for movement, for nutrition, for sleep, all of those core habits that you just talked about, which is totally in line with all of the core habits that we teach in our program too. So, um, okay, let's say then how, okay, let's say someone has maybe been in, in weight loss or maybe finished 75 hard or finished a diet A lot of women come to me and say, I'm really scared to gain it back. So how do you go from active weight loss mode to weight maintenance? What do you teach your clients about? Mm -hmm.
1: If you've been in active weight loss mode and you have been doing some type of extreme restriction, it's going to be pretty hard to maintain that weight loss. So some weight may come back. Let's say you were cutting a thousand calories a day. That's not unheard of. So If somebody's maintenance is 2000 calories a day and they've been eating more like a thousand and then they're trying to maintain the weight they lost, I mean, that's going to be pretty challenging. So I would say, first of all, if you approach weight loss in a more gentle way and you're putting yourself, if you are tracking calories, if you're doing more like a 300 calorie deficit per day, that's going to really lend itself more to maintenance than if you're trying to cut back on 500 plus 600, 700, even 1000 calories a day, that's going to be pretty extreme and hard to maintain. So if you first of all, approach weight loss in a more gentle way, if you were just doing something that was not gentle in terms of weight loss, and you lost a lot, I think that's going to be really challenging to sustain the weight loss. So again, some may come back, but you may also keep some of it off. So it's not that you know, all is lost. I would also think, what did you learn from that experience? What did you learn in terms of, did it feel too hard? Were you pushing your body too much? Did that did that not feel good? That idea of getting really in tune with your body. Did you learn that there are su- certain foods and meals that you really enjoy that you discovered through that program? Try to tune into not just, oh, I did this thing. And it's really hard for me to keep all the weight off that I lost doing this more extreme program. Try not to just see it as a loss because that doesn't feel good of like, oh, another diet. I wasted my time. I did it again. You know, all that negative self-talk, that's not helpful. So if you ask yourself, okay, maybe that approach I just did, not the best, Didn't end up how I wanted it to, but what did I learn from it? What can I take with me moving forward? That can be a more kind of productive way to think about that. And I think just being kind to yourself throughout this entire process gives you such greater results than just kind of bashing yourself and beating yourself up all the time. Um, In terms of weight maintenance, I would say what works really well is coming from a place where you are trying to create balanced meals. So when you are prioritizing protein, produce, some high fiber carbs, healthy fats at meals, that can really lend itself to weight maintenance. Also, I mentioned I'm going on my walk later today. (laughs) Daily steps are huge in terms of maintenance. So I have a client right now who came to me. She's a runner and She also has a very sedentary job. And so in her mind, she's very, very active because she was going on runs a few times a week. But we noticed that the days she wasn't running, she was getting very few steps, almost no movement at all. So in her mind, she thought, you know, I'm this super active athlete, but she was struggling so much with weight loss and weight maintenance in her past. And she realized, oh my gosh, I need to be moving daily throughout my day more and still going on these awesome runs. But the daily movement piece is key for weight maintenance. And so for me, I I use the term non-negotiable for myself because again, I'm a couch girl. I could go to the couch and be so happy there. But I tell myself, Brooke, your daily walk, your daily steps, they're non-negotiable. It would be animal cruelty if you didn't take a dog for a walk. In the same way, it's it's cruel to myself if I'm not moving my body throughout the day. And so I would say lean into really balanced nutrition, lean into daily steps, and then also don't neglect things like sleep and stress throughout weight maintenance. So I know for myself, just even one or two nights of impaired sleep I feel more challenges the days after in terms of my nutrition. I feel snackier. I crave carbs more. I crave sugar. And there's research that suggests that just one or two nights of impaired sleep or chronic stress can have these type of impacts on the calories we consume and the cravings we have. So focusing on nutrition, daily movement, sleep, stress, those are all going to be critical throughout maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: love that. And what you kind of brought in is this idea, we in scientific terms, we call it metabolic adaptation, right? Somebody that's in a place of really low calories. Um, it, it, It's, we have to get our metabolisms firing again, right? It's like a machine. And so what you're talking about is this idea of how can I match? How can I make my metabolism, what I want it to be. So someone that's an elite athlete has a on fire metabolism. They've got to eat a lot of food. They're moving a lot. Right. Um, and so we're trying to match what, what we're doing. So you're saying my body, I want it to be active. So I also need to feed it with things that fuel it instead of get to a place where I'm just not eating anything and don't have energy to do anything. Right. It's that, it's that sweet spot. If we would, um, Mm -hmm. And you kind of mentioned one of the things that I love to kind of make sure we put in the podcast every week is practical things of like, okay, well, what am I going to take from this? And you really mentioned a few of those best bang for your buck, buck habits um, for weight maintenance. So protein was a big one that you mentioned. Um, fiber, I know, is is one that you mentioned there. Um, fruits and veggies Uh, movement. Is there anything? Oh, I'm sleep stress. Did I, did Mm -hmm. we capture all of those kind of bang for your buck habits?
1: (laughs) I think also making room for less nutrient dense foods that fuel your spirit, right? Like I hate the, the idea that food is fuel and food is fuel only in terms of for your physical body. Food is also fun And we celebrate with food and it was just Easter and my mother-in-law gave me milk duds. I mean, I love milk duds. They're so, like, just, I love them. (laughs) It takes me back, you know, I get them at the movies. And so I think it's really important to not hit a place where you are in more of the restrictive mindset that maybe you have been in diets in your past for maintenance, really kind of thinking the 80-20, I know that's thrown around a lot, but if you're hitting your nutrient-dense foods 80% of the time, you know, you're walking 80% of the time, just everything 80% of the time. We're eight, we're looking for a B here. We're not looking for A+. Plus. A+, plus, I would say, is going to be impossible to maintain forever. So just be kind to yourself. Cut yourself some slack. Enjoy the birthday cake. All of these things are important on a maintenance journey because you mentioned it's, you know, at what cost? I think that's so important to ask ourselves all the time is, could I, you know, vacation comes to mind. If a client's going on vacation and they're currently pursuing weight loss, could you still pursue weight loss on vacation? Yes. But at what cost? Or is it maybe best to just kind of pull back a little bit and just be happy with maintenance on vacation? And we can talk more about weight loss when you come back, because do you want to skip out on the pastry at breakfast or the ice cream in the afternoon? I mean, that doesn't sound fun. And I mean, it's totally up to you. If you want, if that's fine, if you're like, that's what I want to do, it's completely your journey. But I think the at what cost question is important to ask yourself along the way yeah and i feel like
0: it just comes down to what you were talking about earlier is this idea of just being kind to yourself and having grace and i have like no fewer than at least 5 messages right now in my instagram messages of women just saying like i want to be kinder to myself and that's kind of what you brought in here this idea of like just meeting yourself where you are And knowing that what you said, just food isn't always about fuel, right? It's also about emotion and nostalgia and connection and experiences and memories and all of that. And so it's about bringing that in as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have one kind of on the spot question for you. What about someone that's like, I just, I'm not a very motivated person or I'm not someone that likes to move or I don't like to cook. Like, how do we get over some of those barriers? You're saying like, move your body and cook more and eat more of these things. And it's like, that feels far away or maybe I don't like to move or maybe
1: I'm just not naturally that kind of person. How do you coach them through that? Mm -hmm. Start small. So if you think right now I need to move more, I need to be cooking more meals for myself than ordering DoorDash. I need to get into bed earlier. If you have all of these things swarming in your mind of, I have 15 things I know I could work on that are going to help me, choose one and just focus on that one thing. So let's say you choose movement. And so you say, okay, right now you have an Apple watch or you have a Fitbit. Maybe you're averaging 4,000 steps a day. It could even be as simple as working towards 4,500 steps a day for two weeks, even make that your new goal. And then once you're consistently hitting that you up it to 5,000, it could be just a 500 to a thousand increment every week until you hit a place where you feel like, okay, my body feels really good. The amount I'm moving right now, start small. Also realize I got this wrong for years. I thought motivation was just supposed to strike like lightning and it was supposed to last forever and I thought there was something wrong with me when I started feeling less motivated. I st- I felt less self-control. You have to understand that things like motivation and self-control are finite and what you want to rely on is discipline. And so think, you know, I floss my teeth daily not because I d- I feel motivated because I know the consequences. If I don't, I don't want gum disease. I want to keep my teeth. And so I've flossed out of discipline. It's become a habit. I barely think about it. Other This can happen with other habits as well, but you have to take this idea that you're going to feel especially motivated to do everything out of the picture. I do not feel motivated to go on my walk today. I'm doing it because it's in my calendar. That helps me stay accountable. I tell myself, I'm going to feel so much better. I'm going to sleep better. I'm going to have more energy when I get back. My mood's going to be better tonight when my husband gets home. I tell myself all these things and that gets me out the door. And then once I'm walking for five minutes, I think, oh, this isn't so bad, actually. (laughs) I have this great podcast and everything's fine. And so you try to find ways. uh, I interviewed a habit expert, uh, Wendy Wood. She was fantastic. And she said, you want to reduce friction between the things you want to do and yourself. And so the habits you want to do, you re- reduce the friction. And so what you do is you ask yourself, how can I make this easier and more enjoyable? The two E's. And so that's something you could just ask yourself on repeat. I uh, I stopped walking, to be honest. For several weeks, I just stopped going on my daily walk. And I spoke to Wendy Wood, and I asked myself, "Brooke, how can I make this walk easier and more enjoyable?" And the easier part, I started keeping my shoes just visible right by my desk. I started putting it into my calendar. I put these kind of checks in place and visual reminders so that it would be easier and more enjoyable. I realized the podcasts I was listening to got dull and I didn't like listening to them anymore. It wasn't fun to go on my walk. I did a deep dive. I found new podcasts and now I'm so excited because I can't wait to listen to this episode later today. And so make it fun, make it more enjoyable, make it easier. And don't rely on just feeling motivated all the time. Because the majority of us, I don't know a single person actually, who is maintaining their nutrition, weight loss, health, whatever, for 50 years and feels motivated all the time. I do not know anybody who feels that way. Totally. And I love that you brought in the podcast route because I'm
0: totally in a podcast route right now. And it has completely affected my exercise too. It does. Because it was like part of – it was part of my exercise and part of my doing the dishes um, because Mm -hmm. I couldn't get through the dishes without having something else to do because I do not like the dishes. Um, and so my dishes have been piling up. So I love that you brought in this idea of like, okay, how can I make this activity more enjoyable? And that's really this what we just talked about the sweet spot. So, uh-huh. um, thank you for kind of helping, helping us catch that motivation wave and then applying systems and strategies to essentially keep that going. Right. That's how we keep it going. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brooke, This has been lovely and thank you for your wisdom. And I love what you've shared and especially, you know, at the core of it is just about being kind to yourself and serving your body's needs and finding a balance. And that's what we are all about. So thank you again for sharing with us. Will you tell us more about where we can find you and learn more from you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, my website is thehealthinvestment.com. And then I'm the health investment on social media. So I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok. And I also have a podcast. It's called The Health Investment. And Elizabeth was on my podcast. So you can go search Elizabeth Dahl and find her episode. And she had shared fantastic strategies about improving your relationship with food, being kind to yourself, a lot of what we talked about here today, but even in more depth. So go listen to Elizabeth over there awesome thank you again for joining me thanks for having me
0: okay my friend if you love the Women of wellness podcast did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review this helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it and if these messages speak to you why not share the love i genuinely care what you think of this podcast If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.